0: Yeah, like if you like, go all the way to the bottom, to the very end of the row of urinals, or, or the, the the stalls, and then that wall, it's a false wall, and you just yeah. click, and it opens up. It, it takes to you to a gateway bizarre to scenario. hell. Yeah. yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. There you Thank go. That's you. the Piper's hut. Uh. Thank you for figuring that out for me, because... You finally understand. Well, I we both experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one of the bathrooms in a million years you'd never have sex in. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast.
1: Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex.
0: We have deaths. We have deaths last week. There are deaths. There's some multiple. Deaths. Yeah, remember we had we had a whole episode about uh, oh yeah about your feelings on death, but we had deaths of some uh, some uh, some important people last week. You wanted to talk about Rumsfeld. Oh, Donnie. Uh This week we're going to talk about uh, Richard Donner. Richard. That one Donner. does hurt. Well, they both hurt. You know, but they hurt. Don Rumsfeld doesn't hurt for me at all.
1: It hurts for me because it's a disappointment in that he didn't die younger more violently hopefully well, more he, afraid if than he, he was died,
0: if he died younger he would have died a democrat so well
1: I'm not saying that maybe when let's just say when uh, like 2001 like July of 2001
0: All right, I can see would have that. solved I can see a that. lot of problems would have saved a lot of lives so, tell me, tell, me, tell me your issue, because you really had a, uh, you know, I mean, and we didn't <sighs> get yeah. to it last week, so you really had a bug up your ass about Rumsfeld. So, what are your thoughts? What, I know you, one of your, your six things was watch Steve Carell. Um, in Vice, as Donald Rumsfeld. In Vice, yeah. as Rumsfeld. So, yeah. So, what, what's your beef? What's well, your beef? Uh,
1: the obvious, of course, is that he was one of the architects of Iraq and the... De- Bakel of Afghanistan, um, and th- the mismanagement and the the um, arrogance uh, that they took, and it's it wasn't just Romans felt like. Look, Bush was there, Cheney was there, Wolfowitz was there. A lot of a lot of just American normal idiots like us were there with it. Like, yeah, let's go. You know, we're America. Let's go. Fix everything and put a boot up there at Toby Keith. I blame Toby Keith for the whole thing too. That
0: motherfucker. Well, yeah, I can um, see that, but he's not dead yet, so we can't. God, talk about he him. needs to t- fucking Toby Keith. Can't talk one. about him. No, no, he's gonna get a residency here in Vegas, and uh, some of these disgusting. idiots out here will love it.
1: Yeah, I fucking
0: hate yeah. Toby Keith. This past weekend, this past weekend, Garth Brooks, and I don't know how I don't Garth know Brooks is great though. Are. Okay, I don't use politics, on him, but he just uh, sold if, out the fucking new the new stadium out here. He's yeah, he sold it out. Yeah. Even if Garth man, Brooks I was. Tell ya, Yeah. Oh, I just got to tell you, because I I still have friends who work at the Wild Wild West. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, when I was there, that you could see Allegiant Stadium being built, and I kept saying, "We've got all this parking space. Mm -hmm. We've got truck parking lots and all this kind of shit. We need to be prepared because we could make a shit ton of money. Yeah. And if we don't get prepared, we're gonna get overrun. I mean, we're gonna get overrun with people that don't want to park." Right and pay you know fifty bucks at Allegiant Stadium, and uh, I still have friends that are working there, and apparently, uh, clusterfuck city because yeah. uh, the the GM that I worked for just didn't care. Just you warned didn't,
1: him. Didn't you warned didn't,
0: him? Didn't bother to do a goddamn thing, and uh, apparently it was uh, it was just a night of, of drunk people having their cars towed and Great. losing their shit all Sounds like a blast. night long.
1: Sounds so, like a yeah, blast. I'm just, yeah,
0: I'm so glad I don't work there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I,
1: so Rumsfeld. Was Rumsfeld. This whole arrogant. It, I mean, it, I, I feel like I don't have to spell
0: it out too much. You know, you know the problem well, with. Yeah, but not everybody that listens. James Ford doesn't know. Oh, he knows. I know he does. I'm just picking Jed knows, somebody yeah. that. All right. I mean, look, just, this, this, guy, that this guy
1: was a was a main. <laughs> player one of the leaders in one of the biggest fucking debacles maybe in world hi- i mean world history has a few years to go still until it's totally done i get it but up till now one of the biggest fucking quagmires and mistakes that's cost so many lives american lives afghan lives iraq iraqi lives I, and everything in between like it I, I, what is the full count of everybody that has been died that has, that has been killed or, and then the effect after that, like, the the survivors that are left behind with missing body parts or missing family members and friends and jobs to go to. Like, the devastation that Rumsfeld's whole cutesy, we don't know, what we don't know, whatever that bullshit was, known unknowns or whatever the hell that crap was. Yeah. Like, that matters. And he, I believe, was a selfish... Um, arrogant man. I won't say he's entirely evil, because we've discussed this before, no person is all evil or all good. But I think having him die at 89 years old, surrounded by loved ones, was too good a way out for Rumsfeld. He should have had to experience some of the fear and pain that the people he was responsible for killing because of the wars. He should have had to experience some of that. He made some statement, you know, way back about how democracy or freedom is messy and it, it requires sacrifice. And the whole time I'm thinking what sacrifices he ever made? Like there was, there was 9-11 his place of business was attacked. I'm uh-huh. sure that was scary. But beyond that the dude is a fucking a, a rich white man who rocketed to success early on not a dumb guy. Like, what's, what sacrifice did he make? Had a wonderful marriage with his wife, had great kids. Like, he had it fine. He made no sacrifice. Not like the parents and the families and the friends of American soldiers that he sent over to sacrifice for fucking what? Nothing. For nothing. And it's just... It's true. he true. He, he got off too easy. I think he should have he had a really, well, really I, bad cancer guess- a lot
0: younger the thing about it is, you know, and you know, I, and, you know, I, I, we've had this conversation before. It's like, you know, it doesn't him him having a bad death, uh, it, it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't help. I mean, you know, and I understand. Oh, we want justice suffer. to be done. Let him suffer. But, but, well, I mean, the thing is, the suffering did that change anything? It doesn't change his work in uh, with Nixon. It doesn't change his no. uh, his anti-communism like mania uh you know during the 80s it didn't change it doesn't change his his because i i actually think his contribution the thing that he did that was probably the most long-lasting um even beyond anything he actually did in government was his tendency and then and i read about this and i had to do a little research is his tendency to uh bog down uh I mean, once the Freedom of Information Act came out, but bogged down things with memos and memos. Yeah. I guess I guess Ford called them memos like snowflakes. It was just so many fucking memos. Yeah. And part of it was, what he did was he realized that he, he did a thing that we do now a lot, and I'm sure we've always done it, but he was sort of like, it was, it was almost a, a modern father of this thing, is I'm going to have a conclusion. going I'm going I'm to create this conclusion that mm-hmm. I want Mm-hmm. And then I, it doesn't matter if what I what I what I bring to support it is factual. I'm going to amass an argument of memos and and documents that support my conclusion beforehand. You know, yeah. so it's like that. I mean, you know, and ultimately, that's when you look at you know Iraq War, that the justification for that was they said Saddam Hussein did something. He had a part of this in yeah. some way, and then they manufactured the evidence to kind of create that that was i mean that was his yeah. that was his MO yeah. and it became it became a strategy that fox news has used yeah. since the day fox news hit cnn starting to do it now yep. msnbc's been doing it for a couple of years right. Right. you know i it, i would argue that uh, everybody on the extreme left and right that's the game i'm going to yeah. come up with a conclusion and then i'm going to do everything i can to make sure I have evidence to prove that conclusion whether I'm right or wrong. Right. And I and I and I think Rumsfeld was a master at sort of creating that in in government and in media. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just I mean I realize that you know my wishing for his early, slow, painful death is very it's a very um, Johnny Law of me. It's very police officer. I'm not gonna change cops don't ever stop crime. Well I'm not gonna say ever. That's you know, but I would I would
0: disagree with that statement. But often,
1: but often cops are called in after the crime happens. <laughs> well, that's homicide,
0: you know, homicide, no, homicide, it's, it's burglary, a robbery. burglary. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bur- burglary is it's they're solving crimes, but um, not always. They, but doesn't change It doesn't well, change no, anything, not always, doesn't change sometimes anything
1: because if, if my kid, oh, fuck it, if my kid is murdered suck. and the cop yeah. and the cop finds who did it, that doesn't change anything. It doesn't change. It, it does, doesn't bring oh, my no, son no. back to me.
0: I, it doesn't change anything for you, but it does change something that it prevents the person who killed your son from killing someone else's son. Okay, I good. Mean, it's whole argument. Donald,
1: if Donald Rumsfeld had died a slow, painful death when he was younger, in his 60s, in 2001, 2002, that would have changed things. Because he wouldn't have been around to write all those fucking memos, to get us to Iraq. He wouldn't, it, we might have still gone another way, but it might, it wouldn't have been... Exactly what we had now, which okay, was okay. Okay, so maybe
0: I misunderstood So, it, it miss- does, it does. So, things. I misunderstood you. So, you weren't thinking, Oh, I, I wanted him to die. You wanted him to die in his 60s. I thought you were saying that in yeah, like in 89, he should die a painful death at 89. It's like, what's, there's no point in that.
1: No, I mean, he's it would have been re- nice he's, anyway. He's it wouldn't have,
0: that would have been nice, too. Okay, why would, it, why would that be nice? Tell me why that would be nice if he was if it, suffering. If it was last year, you like you want him to suffer, you really want him I to suffer. I think that
1: he should experience. Suffering Like what he did to other people. I think that he should experience that. Well, how do you that. know he didn't? Well, I'm sure having cancer sucks.
0: I'm just saying, how do you know he didn't suffer that way?
1: Because he was 89. I think that there's a part of it where his life isn't over yet. Where you hit 89, it's like, I, I've done good. Like, he had done I mean, everything he was like, going to do, and it's he so knew like,
0: that. And we, and we talked about what a shitbag Cosby is. Um, you know, the thing about it is, he's got to be Bill Cosby for the last like, you know, with his fucking prostate not working and his fucking knees are shot to shit and you know, he ain't he ain't roofing fucking anybody now. His no, dick doesn't I think, work. I anymore, think that Bill you know? Cosby I mean, is
1: suffering. I think that yeah, his I, you his you know his um and I and I his imagine his he will be remembered. I imagine for this, Donald
0: yeah. Rumsfeld probably suffered some sort of the same kind of thing in his later life, just because he I mean Bill Cosby's still gonna have people around him that love him that treat him well and that kind of stuff and it's like it's like i think rumsfeld i again i'm not saying i, I i'm not saying i disagree that uh, it's a shame that there was no justice um but i don't think donald Rumsfeld's suffering is the same thing as justice i don't think that's justice no, i think that's i'm just. not saying
1: it's justice either i'm saying oh, it okay. just would have All been right. nice dude i'm not <laughs> looking for rational thought here come on this is clearly from a place of emotion.
0: This, of I, know emotional- it, I know it doesn't
1: change anything. I'm not looking for justice. Like, oh, look, everything's, the memory of the people, Americans, are, it's better now because Donald Rumsfeld's like, no, like, they, they, no, but fuck him. It's just as simple as that. It's fuck you. It's if I could walk into his, his death room, even at the, le- he's got fucking are eight, you serious? 80 seconds Here's to live and I could just I grab well his, enough. and I can no. grab his
0: prick and twist
1: it. Just to you give that wouldn't do more, it. I would
0: totally this do thing, it. No, you wouldn't do it for the same reason. And this thing is that's great to say. Awesome. I love the anonymity of it. <laughs> However, one of the things that I always thought was so funny, and Nestor was one of my favorites, uh, Nestor Gomez, yeah. uh, was like he spent a day when Donald Trump was the president... Oh, it's like everybody's saying, if I saw Donald Trump, I'd fucking bitch slap him. I'd fucking flip him off to his face. I'd call him a name. I'd twist his dick, whatever. The fact of the matter is, if, you, if Nestor Gomez got invited to the White House and they said, you can say anything you want to Donald Trump, Nestor Gomez would be shocked and awed. He would not say, you're a fucking piece of shit. He'd just go, Hi. Uh, he'd shake his fucking hand and he'd leave and feel shitty about himself because he didn't do more. That's how most people would act most when they people. are confronted with power. That's just how it works. But I'm,
1: I'm not like, I'm not like Nestor.
0: If you, yeah, but if you walked into Donald, if somebody said, "Hey, come on into Donald Runfeld's death room," and you walked in there, and there's his fucking family, yeah. and they're mourning and they're weeping, and there's this fucking frail old man, you are not going to go twist his dick. You're not going to say anything. You're going to stand there and feel bad. I feel like you that don't know you're in know room at a room with a dying man. Nah. No, no, David, I know you plenty. You don't think you're I a, would you, twist
1: his dying dick
0: for the story? I know for
1: a fact. For at least the story? Like, I grabbed his dying dick and I twisted his prick in front no, of his what, morning right, life.
0: This is what you do, <laughs> is you do the same thing I did to Rahm Emanuel when I met him in person. Which was? Okay, so we're doing a WBEZ thing. It's when he was the first mayor. It was his first 100 days. Allison Cuddy is going to interview him on stage at the Chicago History Museum. Of course, it's an event, so I'm organizing the event. And all day long, I'm telling Justin Kaufman, I'm telling everybody, I'm making the joke that... You know he's got that stubby little cut off finger. Yeah. You know he's got the yeah. little dick finger, right? Yeah. And then I'm and that and all day long I'm, I'm I'm like I'm gonna walk up to him and I'm gonna reach out and shake his hand and when I feel the little nubby dick in my palm I'm gonna go wow I'll ah! do a whole Jerry Lewis thing and yeah. oh my god we we were laughing our asses off at the station oh my god we were laughing how funny that would be so, oh god oh Jesus there's a dick in my you know that was. And uh, when it came to the time, and he actually did reach his hand out, and I shook his hand, and I felt a little nub. I just stared at him because I thought, I can't do that. Oh, my God, I'd get fired. Oh, shit, it'd be a great story. Yeah. But, I'd, you know, he might walk out. I don't know, you know. It's like, so I just shook his so hand. You had, kinda... to,
1: you had something to risk. You had something to lose. You had a job to lose. When I met Rahm Emanuel on the street in Andersonville, Stumbled uh-huh. out of a bar. Walked, literally, I like, walked right into him. So you were drunk? I was buzzed. I wasn't drunk. I, right, was, I, sure. was, I was a little buzzed. Which, who's to say I wouldn't be buzzed when I grab Don Rumsfeld's prick?
0: That's a, I, I mean, guess that's know, fair. Like, All right, that's fair.
1: But what I said to Rom, literally, like, I literally bumped in him, and he had like, his people around him. Yeah. It was the middle of the day, of course, because when else am I going to drink? And I shook. I was like, oh. Mayor Rahm. And I shook his hand. He's like, oh, yeah, hi. You know, he's just being polite. Yeah. And I said, you are short. And then... <laughs> and then we
0: walked away. <laughs> he is, too.
1: And yeah, and now it's not, not that there's dude. anything wrong with being short, but... He's like Nestor Gomez sure, short. Yeah. I'm sure that he has issues with his height, which is probably why he's such a prick. Like, the Napoleon complex thing. Like, I would bet I my that, last sure, dollar sure. on that. So I... My thought was, if I said that to him, that would be like insulting him without, you know, calling him a, a, a lying prick or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, so I would do it. And I would have no problem grabbing. I told Rudy Giuliani to stop blowing smoke at my ass. You know, like, right, I'm not, I'm not well, afraid of power. Rudy's
0: Rudy's Rudy's not powerful. Rudy's Rudy's no, just but loud. this was in um,
1: 2006 when right, Rudy was in power. Va- like, I mean, he seriously could have been the next president.
0: I mean, I told, I told, I told, I told Michaels in the uh, Piper's Alley uh, bathroom that he had a nice dick. See, you know, I mean, I was embarrassed because he caught me looking, and I wasn't like, "Hey, I'm, a, I don't go into men's bathrooms and look at dicks." But I walk in and I'm taking a piss, and there's Lauren Michaels standing right next to me with his dick out. Yeah. And I and I, I just, it wasn't even yeah. like I thought. I just looked down to look at his dick, and he had a nice dick. So he, and then he sees me looking at his dick, and I didn't know what else to say, so I. Went, Nice dick.
1: Yeah.
0: And he kind of thanked me, and, that was, and I was horrified. I, I don't, was horrified. What else,
1: what else would you say to a stranger in a bathroom who caught you looking at their dick? Like, there, there's nothing else to
0: be said. Well, anybody else, I probably wouldn't have said nice dick. I would have gone, eh, or whatever. But Some weather this, we're having. I mean, come on. It's fucking Lorne Michaels. Yeah. You know? I was at Second City. So, yeah. Also, oh, do you bathroom, think he gets it? <laughs>
1: that bathroom in Piper's Alley. You're talking he about gets the one? it. <laughs> you're talking about the one on the second floor?
0: Yeah, yeah. Ba- yeah. I don't know what it is. Where Tony and Tina's used to be, yeah, yeah, right yeah, over there. yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know what it is about that bathroom, but I think that is the grossest public bathroom i would ever been in, and it's not exceptionally gross. It just—it always gave me such an uncomfortable feeling, and I've never okay, been I able to put my that. finger on
0: it, like why that well, is. Well, it's because it's because it, it's because it's long and thin. Is that what? I mean, yeah. What's wrong <laughs> like with Lord that bathroom stick? It's like like well no actually his dick is uh, is there's some girth but well it was like um, Donald
1: Rumsfeld's dick on his diet on his exactly yeah. and,
0: and you couldn't even wrap your hand it. no but the way, what it is is it's it's one of those things where you walk down and you turn it's like there's the sink and then you turn left and you have a small rank of uh, urinals yeah but then, and that's what makes it creepy then the hallway just keeps going and gets thinner yeah and then it, it's not. And and it's all the stalls, and it's like ten fucking stalls. So yes, if you're okay. in the furthest stall, you're like you're you're like in the you're basement. very far away. Yes, I it's, mean it's really yeah. No, I I totally like, so and you those like are the ones the that are inevitably in its own room. Yeah. yeah. And those it's were the, the ones at the very, very end. Are the inevitable ones with all the graffiti, the graffiti, and, and the, the homeless like, people like were, the guy, and the, yeah, yeah, the guy that wiped his ass yep. on the wall yep. and yep. that shit. That stuff was all yeah. the back one. Yeah, so I and understand. yeah, because yeah. it's
1: it's not that the bo- it wasn't the poop on the walls that bothered me. No. it was yeah, no, it was you're right. it the, was the architecture of it. It the was the like, didn't make sense like, and it it felt like a gateway. Who designed this? It felt like a, cl- a paint like a gateway that had been painted shut.
0: Yeah, like if you like, go all the way to the bottom, to the very end of the row of urinals, or, or the, the the stalls, and then that wall, it's a false wall, you just yeah. click, and it opens up. It takes you to a, a Bizarre Narnia. Yeah. yeah, or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Thank you. There you Thank go. That's you. the Piper's up. Thank you for figuring that out for me. You finally understand. Well, I we both experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That is one of the bathrooms in a million years you'd never have sex in, because it's creepy.
1: Yeah. No.
0: It's wrong. And you wouldn't I wouldn't even jerk off in there because it's creepy. <laughs> well, you would, but, you know, you'd jerk off anywhere.
1: Yeah, but I would only do it with Donald Rumsfeld's dead dick. That's. I'd, I'd get weird with it. So Richard Donner's dead. And I would not grab and twist his dick. No, his that guy head. was
0: awesome. That Richard guy was Donner was awesome. I cha-
1: like, he changed my life. He changed a, I cha- changed a lot of our lives.
0: Well, he just directed some movies that were. Amazing and these are the some like about,
1: movies. These are well. The thing the I movies. love about
0: Richard Donner is, and there's you know, there's a whole like list of like 70s and 80s uh, directors. You know, you have you have on the one hand you have the auteurs. Yeah. You know, you have you have the Lucases and the Spielbergs and the and and the and the, the, the Scorsese's and you know they're they they're auteurs. they they you know, he was not an auteur. He didn't right. write his own shit. He did not have a heavy hand on how that was. In, he was what I would call an extraordinarily successful utilitarian director. He, did not, he didn't walk in like, I'm the badass and, and it's my creative genius. He, he followed the scripts that he was given and he picked his projects based on his own taste. But it wasn't like these were not his ideas. I like him for that.
1: He was the workhorse, not the show horse.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and I love that. There's something I I really appreciate. He wasn't a Brian de Palma where he had this. There's, you know, he's and even today, he's not a David Fincher where there's a very specific aesthetic he was going for. And quite frankly, it's what I appreciate uh, about Clint Eastwood's directing. Mm -hmm. Is anything Clint Eastwood directs that he's not in? I I mean, granted, he's in most of it. There's nothing special. There's no Flash. There's no Dazzle. There's no Soderbergh sort of like thing. It is just simply, I'm going to direct, here's a script. I'm going to do the storyboard the way I was told to do it, and then I'm going to direct it the way I need it. And then I'll work with actors in a really good way. He was also super good with kids, which is very rare mm-hmm. and kind of remarkable, but I think it's because he was not about himself. He wasn't right. megomaniac. He was not about his vision so much as I'm here to do a job. You're paying me to direct this film, right. and I hope it's successful. I do and think that I love Spielberg, that for about I wouldn't
1: say that Spielberg was like an Artur in the way that Fincher is
0: or no, 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 I, look, well, back, hang look back, look back on though. ET has a very specific aesthetic. Uh, yeah, cause I don't think, jo- you know, so talking, okay. So there
1: was like a calling card, like the, Donna yeah, didn't have like, a call. Okay. All right, there I see was, what you're there saying. was like close, okay.
0: there was like close encounters of the third kind had, had sort of that Disney thing at the end and it was beautiful. And yeah. then you, and, and there are certain shots of, of, if you look at, like it's one of the things that I love about Spielberg, and I love Spielberg, but Spielberg is a highly manipulative director, storyteller. I don't even say director, storyteller. And I'll give you he an example. Is, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a couple examples. The shot of the little blonde, little toe headed kid in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when yeah. he opens the door and there's the aliens and, and mm-hmm. you know they're taking him up, That you can find that shot in that movie. You can find it in Empire of the Sun. Mm-hmm. You can find it yeah. in, uh, uh, there's a couple of other, uh, oh, uh, uh, shit, uh, Schindler's List. Yeah. Even though it's black and white, that shot, is, you know, he, he has a signature way of telling a story. Mm-hmm. He has a specific kind of story that he likes to tell. And he has, even though he crosses genre, you you know, yeah. color purple, it doesn't matter that, that it's not about little kids on bikes color purple you know is a spielberg film yeah and the difference is that richard donner i and and i'll be honest with you i i had an idea because i I, one of the things when we were talking about this is is come up with your top five donner films the ones that Mm -hmm. you love the most you know and when i was thinking about it's like i i looked at a couple of movies i went what the fuck that was richard donner yeah and that's what i love about richard donner is it's not about him it's about the story right so what's your what's your top what's your fifth what's your fifth on the list of favorite Richard Donner films because you said he changed your life so I'm interested to hear this
1: well here's where I struggled is in ranking the top five Richard Donner films I I
0: I had no problem ranking them because I like
1: because I knew what my top
0: was I knew my top instantly I didn't even have to think about it
1: and you're gonna you and
0: I are gonna laugh about my top because I don't think you're gonna even have it on your list
1: I, I guess if I have to
0: all right. So number only, five,
1: only because I've seen it the least, though I okay. love it. Okay. And I've, and I've seen it a lot.
0: The toy. Ooh. Okay. Now, see, that's not on my list.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So yours is the toy. That's Richard Pryor and Richard Pryor, uh, Jackie, Gleason. Um, Jackie
1: Gleason. Yeah, where yeah, Jackie yeah, Gleason's okay. son Eric, who I, was the I, kid, see, he was the kid I, in uh, 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 the, a Christmas story who got yeah, his tongue stuck to the pole. Peter,
0: Oh that kid who became yeah, a porn star. Who was became, yeah. He was
1: the porn star, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But what I think is so funny about that that's one of the movies when I saw the list I went He directed The Toy, uh, so that was a shock uh-huh, to me. Uh-huh. My number 5, my number 5 is The Goonies. Mhm. I mean the fucking Goonies, man. Yeah.
1: Which I was I you mean, know has feels very uh Spielbergy. Mm-hmm. Spielbergian because he wrote it.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, but he that, wrote but, it. But Donner and what I love it. again, what I love about Donner is you can tell it's a Spielberg film even though Richard Donner directed it. And yeah, I mean, he, let, he let the writer... I he mean, lets think lets the your, story your shot, tell
1: itself. There's that same shot as the yeah, ship leaves the cave. Yep.
0: Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. And you know that was yep. in the storyboard. So he said, okay, I'll shoot it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. Totally, yeah. So, so totally. the toy of okay. the Goonies. Or what was your number four? Um,
1: uh, I don't want to do this. Uh, lethal Weapon.
0: That was my number four. Might be number four, yeah. I love *Lethal Weapon*, and not not all the sequels. He directed all the sequels. I didn't really care for the sequels that much. They were fun, yeah. But that first one, setting up that maybe Martin Riggs is insane, mm-hmm. that he's like he's totally unstable and having having Murtaugh is just like, ah, uh, I'm too old I for this I want to shit. retire. Yeah. This, yeah, this guy, this guy is, the, you know, but but that's the thing is in that very they become buddies and then the rest of them are sort of but but that first yeah. film. There is, there, it, there literally is a lethal to the yeah. lethal weapon. It's like, it's very he dark. might be fucking it's very crazy. Yeah. yeah. He might be fucking nuts and he might be self destructive and he might be destructive to everybody around him. That's what's really great about that movie is that there is that sort of duality. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, and what's, what's great, what's like special to me about, um, Lethal Weapon is that I used to watch it at my grandparents' house when I was like nine. Okay, I should yeah. have been watching that shit at nine years old. Mm-mm. But that was the cool thing about going to grandma and grandpa's. Is like, I would eat marshmallow cereal, stay up late, and watch violent... Th- I'd watch Bronson films, you know?
0: Watching Death Wish films and that. That thing is, when you and your grandma <laughs> and grandpa's, that was the closest to true Gen X that you got, because that was the Gen X existence, yeah. which was yeah. just get the fuck out of the house, stay out of trouble, and just... Come home when it gets dark, okay? I don't want to see you or sit and watch... I mean, I saw Rated-R movies before I was 10. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, I I would go to Jeff's house and watch the the horror films, all the Friday the 13th. So when you went to your grandma and grandpa's, they were like, we don't give a shit. And that's what the essence of the Gen X growing up, in my opinion, is. I'm too busy to give a shit about you, so just don't die on my watch. Well, it wasn't that. It was like, (laughs) this is what grandpas, what
1: we're going to watch. It's what's yeah, on the, t- the one TV in the house.
0: Yeah, they didn't care. Nope. They didn't care well,
1: if you were wounded by it. Just like, whatever the fuck. What's it going to do? Like, what am I going to grow up and grab a dying
0: man's prick in front of his family? What's Come David on. What's David doing? He's playing with your pistol. Is it loaded? I don't <laughs> think so. All right. <laughs> yeah, shut up. I'm watching my stories. Yeah, right. David, just don't shoot yourself. <laughs> And get me another old style peel tank give, <laughs> give me another old style. Give me another Olympia gold. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: our, both our fours were lethal weapon. Both okay. our fours
0: is lethal weapon. What's so, your three? Um. Uh,
1: okay. Lethal weapon
0: two. Oh wow. Okay. So you the, which is the uh, the the kefers, the, ke, the the yeah. South the, the South your, African. But you're black. But Blick yeah. But and that was and that was when Joe Pesci the came in. The first one with Joe Pesci. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right.
1: I think I like that <laughs> one better than the first because uh, well no, I, I know exactly why I like that one better than the first. Because again, watching it at like 9 years old, 10 years old, how, you know. Um, okay. I liked I liked the pretty the pretty blonde lady. The, uh, oh
0: yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the uh, What's his face? Uh, Mel
1: Gibson's uh, yeah Riggs's girl.
0: Who, she was hot. She was hot. hot, and then like she
1: was hot. her death scene when they find when he yeah. finds her under the water with her eyes open, like yeah, that's good. It it did something to me, like it was it scary, made, it made you, but in this like really it made, sad it made you way. A, a,
0: necro- a necrophiliac is yeah. what it made you. Yeah. yeah, you wanted to bone dead people then. So let me
1: go back to the Donald Rumsfeld thing real quick and just say I wouldn't grab his prick. <laughs> Until after he was dead. Okay, because that's... Okay, that's fair. Yeah. See, that I'm, I'm <laughs> going to...
0: My number three... So my <laughs> Lethal Weapon is the only one of the series that I really, really could say, yeah, that's on my list. To, well, to your point... Sorry, but, but to, real quickly, to your no, point, what,
1: what's great about the Lethal Weapon films is uh, how after the second one, they, they sucked shit. hmm Because the, the Riggs journey was done. It's over. So well, he, see, went I from, think he, he went from being like... We would get a few laughs of him because like crazy when we're like, ha, yeah, yeah, is yeah, he nuts? to like him being kind of the clown even with Joe Pesci doing the uh,
0: you know wait a wait, minute wait, 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 or whatever his thing is I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give I'm going it my number Pesci. three yeah. my number three is Scrooged
1: I forgot about Scrooge. Yeah,
0: and that has got to be on the list because it. has to be on the list. How could I forget about it's Scrooge? It's one of the, and it, and and that's the thing is you look at Richard uh. Dern, the same guy that directed Lethal Weapon directed Scrooge. Yeah, they couldn't be more different in any way. And Scrooge just fucking hysterical and wonderful. Yeah. Buster Poindexter and Carol yeah. Kane. Yep. And I mean, god damn it, that is a it's just stupid fun.
1: Oh my god, it's Bob so Kent, good. Bobcat Goldthwait
0: losing his shit in the yep. end. I, I mean, it's just... I, I, nothing makes me laugh harder is that he gets fired and then just he just uh-huh. gets shit on uh-huh. the entire time. And he, and you watch Donner just build up his yep. rage so that by the time he's... That's it. He's yep. fucking done. I'm shooting this motherfucker. I love it. I completely forgot about Scrooge. Scrooge is my bonus then because
1: I forgot it. It's fair. Okay. I can't. Go change it. Um, yep. uh, Donner liked to work with with actors again after he worked yeah, with them. Yeah, Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Scrooge also had Margot Kidder. Yep. Who was in No, wait. Was no, that Margot she didn't Kidder? Have Mar- no.
0: No, that was not Margot Kidder. That was uh Karen That Allen. was the no, one not... from yeah, it, from, from uh, uh Raiders From, in, from or Indiana Jones, yeah, t- Raiders. Uh, or, yeah, what's your name? Yeah, it's, a Raiders. Raiders. it's Raiders. Yeah. Raiders. Raiders the Last Ark and her name is what? Uh It's not Karen Allen. God damn it. Tim Allen. I just I just huh? Karen Carter. No, I just
1: it's probably Karen Carpenter.
0: It's it, probably Karen. One. No, because the thing is, fucking uh, Brandon Bruce is going to fucking, if I don't get this right, Brandon Bruce is going to call me. And, and he lives he lives in Utah now, so he's... It is Karen Allen. Okay, I was yeah. right. All right, okay. now I don't feel like such a dipshit. Yeah, so Karen Allen. Er, 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 Erwin Allen. Yeah, it was Erwin Allen who wrote and directed The Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I got that. So at, go. anyway. It's true. Uh, so not Margot anyway.
1: but No, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my number two
0: Yes, your number two.
1: It's Superman 2. Yeah. The oh, director's Superman cut. Superman
0: 2? Okay. All right. See. The right, Donner see. cut. It, the Donner cut is because the superior, yeah, the vastly yeah. superior to the Lester cut. The story I, I, of how I, all
1: that happened is like
0: a movie in and of itself. It's, well, know? the making of, the yeah. making of is like how he so fired is, and all this other shit. Yeah, but so I think it's funny great. that we both landed on Superman because mine is Superman, not Superman two because yeah. it was too goofy. Superman was pretty goofy, but the reason Superman, Superman was the first. I was a sophomore in high school, as I recall. It was the first. Superhero movie yeah. um, that I watched that wasn't—I mean, they kind of made fun of you know, you know, Otisville, Otisburg, you know, you, you, there was comic relief. Yeah, but it but took it itself the first seriously. Time, it was, yeah, it was yeah. the first time I'd seen a, a, a superhero movie. That first of all, and I don't think many people can because you don't really think about it at the time, but the 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 effects. That were used to show flight, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, that the early Superman serials, and that kind of stuff, were not very good. Oh. And he managed with the Salkines, they gave him enough fucking money yeah. that he created a look that that still holds up today. It's, I mean, it's not as CGI oriented as, but he still looks like he's flying. Yeah, and and that was th- that was actually the tagline. I don't know if you remember this, but the tagline was, "You will believe a man can fly." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a tagline, man. I couldn't. That was I. I was so excited to see that fucking movie. I couldn't stand how much I loved that movie. And I wasn't a big how, Superman. That was fan.
1: seventy-seven. So how old were you then?
0: That was like, not seventy-seven. I was a sophomore. You know seventy-seven. I was twelve. No, it was not 70. Are you kidding me? No. If it was seventy-seven, then I really have messed up my timeline. Come on, mentally. Man. Come on. Hold on. Come on. Superman. Hold on. I'm going to find out. Seventy-eight. All right. Really? Yeah. It was seventy-eight. Yeah. You're shitting me. Nope. Wow. Yeah. So I was thirteen. I was thirteen.
1: Yeah. Which is like wow. Perfect. So I wasn't I said, like, a the so, perfect age. I was
0: a freshman. I was a. I was like an eighth grader. So I yeah. guess I was in eighth grade. Okay. So I still have the mental picture because I remember the house I was in. I remember the theater I went to. Okay, that, that yeah. would totally makes sense that I was in eighth grade. i thought i I thought I was a sophomore. Wow, that changes everything. But I still fucking loved it
1: as as we were talking, you said that Superman Two is goofy, and I, and I said uh, it was. and because I don't remember it that way, but now that I'm thinking about it, it did have that scene where he takes his the s off his chest and turns into like a gigantic saran it's wrap It's
0: like a giant <laughs> saran wrap. yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> stuff the that? stuff that yeah, the thing is that. That stuff that Richard Lester can, you know, because they bring in Richard Lester who yeah. directed a hard day's night. And he wanted to inject a lot of sort of British humor in it, and I don't think he understood. Well, I, I mean, first of all, even Richard <laughs> Donner didn't get the powers right because Superman can't spin the globe backwards and well, reverse even if time. he
1: can, it doesn't make. the Why wouldn't time he just change? do that
0: every fucking time? Well, he does yeah, in it, it that movie too. But you know, it's like it's bullshit. But yeah. it's sort of it's sort of like Richard, Richard Lester had never read the Superman books and just went. Well, he's magic. I'm just going to yeah. give him stupid magic powers, yeah. and that's what that's problematic for uh, the the that cut. But the Donner cut has it's a bit more realistic. Yeah, it's got a little bit more heart. It's the it's a bit more realistic. realistic. A movie about Superman is a bit more realistic. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, it's it's sort of like Zod and and you know, I can't remember the name Zira and whatever. the quiet guy yeah 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 those guys they they actually were scary i mean there was there was there was you know in in the in the lester they're sort of comically they're not really scary it's sort of comic but in the donner they're scary i mean he really raises the fucking stakes and and that's good and so yeah so what's your number one superman Oh, it's Superman! Yeah, it's your it's Superman!
1: One. It's Superman! The movie, the nineteen seventy-eight.
0: <laughs> All right, it was seventy-eight. I can't believe it.
1: Starring uh, Christopher Reeves, not mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve, who played Superman in the fifties television show. That is correct. Um, also, died young and kind of tragically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, without having his prick twisted, um, and and starring uh, yeah, Karen Allen as Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. Uh, so your uh, your number one is Superman. Movie,
0: and you know, it's interesting that you that your four is lethal weapon and your three is lethal weapon two and your two is Superman two and your one is Superman. Well, but I also said I I, I wasn't able to because you missed them. another I, classic. You missed another classic one. My number one. I, I don't even know if you know Richard Donner directed this. I don't know if you've ever even seen this. It's what, one of my favorite movies of that time period. Of my this is one well, of I my know he favorite didn't. I know he
1: didn't direct movies. Cocktail, so it can't be that. Lady Hawk. Yeah.
0: Fucking Lady yeah. Hawk! It's a I, good one. It's got the fucking synth score. It's got a hot Rutger Hauer. It's got yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer before she got badass. And it's got uh, 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 Matthew Broderick in yeah. one of the most charming as the mouse. Yep, That is one of the best... It's just such a str- what I love about it is it makes no sense. It should not exist. Right. It just You know what I mean? It's just such a weird like who said this what was a good was idea for a movie? That I don't know. Let's um, see. But my god. 85. 85. I still to this day if you know if if I see Lady Hawk on anywhere I'm going to watch it because that movie Alpha just, Molina, he, yeah. Yeah, the special effects are not great. But it's it's the whole sort of romance, and he's a wolf, you know, at night, yeah. and she's a hawk by day, and they have that moment where they can almost touch, yeah. where they're becoming. Oh my god, that's the fucking. Gra- I love that movie, Lady Hawk.
1: Yeah, Lady Hawk is Richard good. Donner film. I haven't seen it in a very long time. It's it's worth revisiting though. But I mean, soup. I don't know, Superman, Like I was, it came oh, out yeah, the year no, I before I was Superman. born, and you know. But I yeah. like right away when I was Harry's age, maybe earlier I was watching yeah, that film
0: totally and the it.
1: opening credits of that film still Are, I, I, dude, I, I, I tear up like I'm so like did, moved by the, so, the John you Williams Super, soundtrack you, and, saw,
0: you saw Superman Returns right I Brandon did Ralph? and I liked it the thing is I loved it and I still to this day love that movie but what a great really movie. and this is the thing is this might is, this might have it, this might be why ultimately my second wife and I got divorced was that she lost complete respect for me? Is that we went and saw it. It was in, uh, it was in, uh, shit, uh, the Navy Pier, whatever that Navy Pier Theater is, right? The great big. Oh, like, the, the IMAX thing? IMAX. Um, yeah. We went to see Superman Returns, and I, and I knew, I mean, it had been a while since the Superman, and I, and I, I had such, you know, in my yeah. heart, there is Christopher Reeves yeah as Superman, and that opening is a direct mimic. I mean it is this it's similar it, it's almost it's, it's not exactly the same score but it's close Yeah. but it's got the it's got the the crystal sound mm-hmm. kind yep. like and I sat there as it started those credits those credits started I sat and wept and yeah. I mean not like not like quietly cried <laughs> I'm like shaking I am sobbing Aww. because it just was so evocative of when I was a kid and yeah. it it just and I just uh oh, really got me and i think uh I yeah. think jen looked over at me as i was sobbing about superman returns and went yeah i'm gonna go fuck another guy for a year and the divorce him okay
1: great yeah i can't figure out why that movie was so like other than maybe like the two of us everybody else
0: hated that movie hated it and i can't figure out why i can't i love it i you know lex Luthor is kevin spacey's lex Luthor is is actually an evil fucking lex Luthor. he's great yeah um I love I love the idea that she, he's got a kid that then he throws the piano. Yeah, I mean, and and I think Brandon Routh is fantastic. The, and he's you know, great. He looks like Christopher strong. Reeves, and he was doing he was doing his best. It wasn't yeah. a mimic. It wasn't a straight right. up mimic, but he had enough of the like one of my favorite things. And some people notice or don't is when Christopher Reeves would go from Clark Kent to Superman or other. Yeah. He really did it very effectively. Which like one of my favorite moments in Superman when uh, and i don't it's it just it's it's like he's got the glasses and even though he's got the glasses he's got his shoulders because he's a big yeah.
1: dude yeah yeah
0: Got. His, he's slumped over and he looks kind of myrony and then there's a moment where he really you know the superman and he just stands up yeah and even though he's got yep. the glasses on he's like, you're going motherfucker superman there's now Superman. yep Brandon Routh did the same thing. He mm-hmm. does exactly that same move a couple times. I just think it's great. Yeah, I, think I thought it was great. a great film, and
1: it, it hit the beats like there were there was some fan service um, when like when he catches the plane and he makes the joke like statistically proven it's safer flying is still the safest yeah, way to travel he, or whatever that was. He's like, he, great. From the helicopter. He's such a Boy Scout. The '78 so good. film. Yeah, yeah, love it. Love it. Richard Donner, um, thank you for everything, and rest in peace. Thanks for sir. listening to the Apecast from the Beyond. From the beyond. And Donald Rumsfeld, I know you're listening to it. Your dick is safe. Uh, No, I was just going to ask Richard Donner if he wouldn't mind
0: grabbing Rumsfeld's prick for me and giving it a good old fashioned twist. of the roo It's true, and he's utilitarian enough that he would drink (laughs) it just like you would. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week uh, is watch a Richard Donner film. Anyone, Lady
0: Hawk. There we go. Watch Lady Hawk, and that is my first thing: is watch fucking Lady Hawk because no one remembers Lady Hawk, but vaguely in the back of their memory when it was on Cinemax at some point. Watch right. Lady Hawk. It's so fucking good. You will you will be surprised at how charming and lovely and duh, duh. Da, da, the, fuck, the fucking synth score is the best. It's yeah. just the best. So, yes, I highly recommend Lady Hawk. That's my first thing, too.
1: And I think that I screwed up my count, too. I don't think I want to count Superman 2 on there. I think I need to put Goonies in place of Superman 2.
0: There you go. That's fair. Yeah. Too late. I know. It's too late. I don't know, I know, I don't know what not, I was thinking. I'm not going back. God. All right. So,
1: anyway, uh, my next thing to do this week is let's do a Rumsfeld thing. Um,. Watch the the unknown known, which mm. is the mm-hmm. Errol Morris documentary with Rumsfeld.
0: Yeah, give give that a watch. It's really very good. Yeah, yeah. Errol Morris is my favorite documentarian, mm-hmm. and that is yep. along some of the best his work. Um, mine is my second thing. Is actually a two parter. Um, are you a fan of R.L. Stein? Sure. Netflix has now got. A three-parter, and two of those parts are out right now, Fear Street 1994 and Fear Street 1978. Here's what I love about it so far. And then the third one is Fear Street 1666. Basically, they're all connected. The first one is written, directed, and looks just like uh, Freddy Krueger from the 90s. It looks looks and feels like a... a, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then Fear Street 1978 looks and feels exactly like an early Friday the 13th campground mm. okay. thing, slasher yeah. film. I haven't seen 1666, but they're all connected with the same monster, the, the okay. witch. Yeah. But they're really good. They're okay. super fun. They're great movies. I highly recommend them on Netflix.
1: Right on. And my third thing to do this week is after you watch The Unknown Known, watch... Fog of War,
0: yeah, the Aramorist again,
1: documentary about um, Robert McNamara, it, it who was also if you seen it. defense secretary. But yep. here, the difference between the two is both made terrible decisions, both um, were responsible for a lot of American deaths, and Vietnamese and you know the foreign deaths. Um, but you've got Rumsfeld, who is inhuman and unable to accept his failings, even with the facts mm-hmm. in front of him where, um, what's his face? Um, the fuck Mac. Thank you, Ma- McNamara. Yeah. Yeah, where McNamara is uh, distraught and, and was distraught in 68 or 66, oh, yeah. whenever, whenever he, he stepped yeah. down. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting, two men in the same position dealing with very similar wars or similar American bravado
0: and the same difference between them and the really same nice. documentarian.
1: So p- 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 right, pair those then, up together.
0: My third thing. Saturday, I put out a piece called "They Learned It From the Wolverines,", mm-hmm. Wolverines. and uh, and the, the thing about it is, is I in my in my debate trying to figure out who these QAnon idiots are, I realized <laughs> in looking at, I mean, I'm not going you know, to, you read the piece, yeah, but I realized that a lot of them in this in this like complete capital right, they're they're Gen X, they're my they're me. Yeah, they're my age. They they watch the same fucking movies I watched. They mm-hmm. they had the same same time period, and so I thought, what the fuck did they watch that made them these assholes? And I and I read something in David Schroeder's book about the eighties about Red Dawn. So my third thing is watch the nineteen eighty four Patrick Swayback, uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen, uh, C Thomas Howell, Amanda Jones. Nose Job Baby, uh-huh. um, uh, Red Dawn, 1984, and you will suddenly understand that every one of these fucking dudes that shows up with a misspelled sign and homemade body armor, they all think they're Patrick Swayback in a tiny little Colorado town with one black guy fighting the invasion of the hordes. That's yeah. what they think they are, and yeah. that's who they are, because they learned it from fucking Red Dawn. They yeah. all think they're the Wolverines. So watch it. Yeah, it's 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 a better movie than you think. But as you watch it, you'll go, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. This is like, and then when you realize it was directed by John Milius, yeah, who was who was, I mean, he basically for Red Dawn. And I love this. He actually got access to Alexander Haig. Who was Reagan's what? Secretary of State? Yes, Alexander Haig was an advisor for Red Dawn. Shut the fuck up! I, it's unbelievable. Where do you think they got all the tanks?
1: Oh my god, that's
0: ridiculous. The Pentagon gave them the tanks for script approval. Wow, unbelievable. That's amazing. So yes, yeah. so it's, yeah. it's absolutely something. It's a slice of slice of nostalgia that may make you not want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can listen to the literate ape cast on apple podcasts stitcher or any place you find your podcast jones if you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court review or share the show on your own platforms or throw us a few bucks on patreon for more information about literate Ape, go to literateApe.com and check out the rest
1: of our podcasts all of our writing and our events music on the ape cast is courtesy of mike vanopel and local motive You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.